Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. First touch for DJ Moore. They used him in a ton of ways in Carolina. This was one of them. And there he goes. Goodbye, touchdown. Welcome to Chicago. DJ Moore, 62 yards. We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Shout out Fox 32 for that cut right there. Adam Amin, Jim Miller. It's going to be great. Just got a, you know, Fox just re-signed the new five-year deal with Bears. So I will be doing a lot of work with Jim Miller post-game on Sundays. Myself, former Bear Corey Wooten, We'll have you tied up there. And then, of course, Bears Unleashed is the TV show. This will be my sixth season doing it. So Friday, Saturday nights on Fox 32. Make sure you guys check that out. It's going to be great. And we most certainly will be talking about this game that is going to be happening on Saturday. And our next guest gets to give us the other side, the other perspective. What are the Colts thinking? Joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, Home of the world's largest sports book. He's a writer at The Athletic covering the Indianapolis Colts. But he's a Chicagoan through and through from Romeoville. Uh, James Boyd joining the show right now. James, thanks for jumping on, man. I really appreciate you. Anytime, man. I was glad to do it. And obviously, like I told your producer, I know how it is sometimes when you're trying to find guests. So happy to sub in. You know what? Don't, don't bring on my producer because... I, he, him and I still have to have a nice little conversation about, about this whole thing. I'm like, I'm like, he, 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 he was literally like sweating, calling a bunch of people, Bears beat reporters, you know, everything. And he's like, yeah, man, we don't got nobody for this. And I was like, what? I said, let me go, let me go to Twitter and let me see if I could find somebody. And then sure enough, uh, it was almost like a match made in heaven. But what was cool, James, is that, I mentioned your name to a couple of other producers here, and uh, one of them in particular was like, "Oh yeah, James, we've had him on before." He's like, "You know, he's great." And I was like, "Oh, thanks for telling, thanks for telling us that he's an option." I have to go find his ass on Twitter to bring him on to the station. But needless to say, glad you're here. Uh, glad you get to give us this insight uh, into the Indianapolis Colts. And let's start with the joint practice, James. I mean, obviously, you had an opportunity to see it. Um, what let me ask you this what what did the bears make difficult for the indianapolis colts during these joint practices i think that cover two defense really gave anthony richardson some fits because you know he was drafted because of the big playability and what the bears forced you to do is be 
meticulous. They try to make you throw underneath and make you, um, if you can, dink and dunk them to succeed. And so um, I thought that there were a couple moments where he might have, you know, uh, tried to force a pass, or force a throw. He had a throw in seven on seven on that first joint practice where it just sailed because I think that he was trying to force it downfield when he um, should have thrown it underneath. And A.J. Jackson had like an easy, easy pick. Mm. You know, I guess parents fans are happy about that when I tweeted that out. They're like, we're hoping for more of that this season. But I think that was the biggest thing, just making him, forcing him to really read the defense and take what, what, what they're giving him, which he got better at, through, I believe, throughout um, the joint practices. And on top of that, I think the second day with some of the Colts' starting offensive line guys down, the Bears put a lot of pressure on him and, again, forced, that, uh, forced him to make, you know, decisions that were just as far as, I guess, staying alive based as far as the drive rather than, you know, big play stuff. And that's exactly what you want for Richardson, especially at this point in the season. Hey, throw as many, you know, live wires at him as possible and try to make him, you know, put things into the recess of his brain that he can – then recall, you know, as the season begins. Um, when, when you look at Richardson as a whole, what have you been impressed by uh, so far as you've been watching him? Number one is the humility. I mean, we'll get really? to the football part. But I love I think that. that. He is, yeah, no, he's – it's so weird to me because you would think a 21-year-old would feel the pressure a bit more. Maybe From Miami. From Miami, like, but, you would think so. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the dude, I feel like the franchise itself, you know, the higher-ups are more um, concerned or maybe have more pressure on them, it feels like, than he puts on himself. He, you know, whether it's a good day or a bad day, he pretty much remains the same. And then as far as the football goes, like I said, it's a big playability. He hasn't been more consistent than Gardner Minshew. He hasn't been more accurate than Gardner Minshew throughout training camp. But what he's provided is, you know, making up for those deficiencies is the big playability, the runs, the throws, the stuff that you can't teach. And so he's very humble. You know, he's always telling us, hey, I still got to learn. I got to get better at this and that. And then the coaching staff has said, we have to sort of, you know, rein him back in because he asks so many questions. We have to tell him, hey, you know, AR, you're not going to learn it all in one day. So they're trying to give it to him in ways, and he seems to be attacking it head on. And that's that's great to hear because, I mean, obviously, you know, I just watched the Johnny Manziel story on on, uh, on TV, and you see, you know, what direction some guys can go in. And, you know, when given the keys to a franchise, you you know, it's a lot of responsibility. So it's great to hear those kind of things about him. Um, we're talking to James Boyd from The Athletic. He covers the Colts right here on 670. The score I am, Gabe Ramirez. Why are they starting him week one? I mean, you mentioned Gardner Minshew you know, obviously him not being as accurate or whatever, not performing at, at the at the high level that he's there. And you would think they'd want to guard him just a little bit by allowing somebody else to start at least the first couple of games so you can see. But but starting him from week one is a bold statement. Yeah, I think you have to, though, because he just hasn't played, and that's the biggest thing with him. And I think if we were watching throughout training camp, we were like, oh, this guy's way in over his head, then obviously you wouldn't do it. But he hasn't been in over his head, and I think a lot of his – you know, miscues and things aren't like bad decisions. It's more so timing and accuracy. So for me, it's, you know, he hasn't played enough to understand that, you know, this route might be a three-step out or something like that or, or a three-step route or he's, he's waiting too long to get the ball out, but he makes the right read. So he has to speed up his clock a little bit. I think that helps with playing. And then also it's the footwork where, you know, when he does get some pressure, sometimes he'll revert back to just, you know, uncorking something um, that's kind of, not uh, efficient or not how you would teach it because he has such a big arm. 
but it bites you because you're in the NFL now and all the throws you got away with in high school and college, you're not going to get away with in the NFL. So I think you have to play him. He's making good decisions. He's directing the ball for the most part, but there's going to be some growing pains. Like I don't think anybody in Indianapolis expects him to come out, you know, and throw 30 touchdown passes and 10 interceptions. It might be, you know, let's say 15 touchdown passes and maybe eight rushing touchdowns and, you know, 15 interceptions because he just hasn't had that experience. But I think you have to play him. And then you know what you already have with Gardner Minshew anyways. You know, he's not someone who's going to lift your franchise, I don't think, into the playoffs. So you have him there as a safety valve, as a mentor, but play the young guy, get him reps, reps, reps. And then ideally, I think for the Colts, they're thinking if we can get some development for our rookie quarterback, another top, you know, 10, top five pick next year, you know, we'll take it. And it's it's a great mindset, right? Give your guy the opportunity to grow in the present, build your team, and see, you know, what pieces you need to allow him to excel. Hey, we're going through that right now in Chicago. Uh, James, so what did you see from, you know, Chicago's offense that made you think they will be an improved team, if anything? Yeah, so I didn't get a chance to watch Justin Fields as much as I watched Anthony Richardson, of course. But I did watch enough, and then growing up in the area, I felt like my family was going to beat me up if I didn't have any uh, reports on <laughs> Justin Fields. You're like, so, you're like, hey, hey, guys, guys, I work for the Colts. Stop asking me about the Bears. Yeah, I get it. Look, man, I have tried and tried, but they never listen. But it was fun to see them, though. And, and honestly, I was kind of uh, – and I love being in the media for this reason – you get to see how big guys are. And I'm like, wow, like, mm. you know, Justin Fields is a big dude. You know, he looks bigger than like what he looks like on TV. But as far as what I saw from him in play-wise, it was some of the same thing you saw from Richardson. I think that Justin Fields is just further along where he's got to speed up his clock. I think that when he had the interceptions, you know, he had one that was tipped, um, I believe it was yesterday actually, and intercepted in 11-on-11. It's because he held the ball too long. And the read was there. And it's like, okay, you got to get it out faster. And so I thought when Justin Fields was, you know, faster and just more decisive, a lot of the throws, a lot of the big plays were coming, you know, sort of naturally. And then when he held it, that's when he ran into trouble. So I think that's still an issue for him. But I do think just having watched, you know, more casually, I guess, over the years, is that he's, you know, a lot, in my opinion, further along than he was, let's say, you know, a year ago or even two years ago when he was first starting out. So I think he's in a good spot. And to me, him and Anthony Richardson and even Jalen Hurts are all on, like, this same similar path with similar skill sets. Jalen Hurts is, like, best-case scenario. Justin Fields is like, okay, you show me something, can you show me more? And then, obviously, Anthony Richardson is just starting out. Yeah, I mean, and that's exactly where we're at with Justin Fields, where there's, the expectations are still high. But but I think everyone understands that the, the room for growth still exists. So we're trying not mm-hmm. to put too much pressure on the guy. You know, one thing that I – one metric that I always look to is, is yards – uh, in the season, and, and his over under in most sports books, I'm a gambling guy, James, is is uh two thousand eight hundred fifty yards. Seems low. Everyone in Chicago is about to be a millionaire because everyone here thinks that he is easily going to get to three thousand yards. And I've been saying on the airwaves, like, well, well, hell, why don't we all just mortgage our houses and you know <laughs> pull out cash and take? Because everyone's saying it's such a lock. When you hear that number, he threw for 2,200 last year. Um, You know, even Matt Ryan for the Colts had more than that in the limited amount of games that he played. You know, when you hear 2,850, though, for Justin Fields, a 600-yard bump with the talent that they've now put around him, do you think that that's something that's going to come easily for Justin Fields? Yeah, I think he's going to smash that. Wow. I think he's going to get 1,000 from DJ Moore right there because I I watched him a lot. 
because I was watching the cornerbacks go one-on-one. And so we had Kenny Moore on the Colts' side versus DJ Moore on the Bears' side and Moore versus Moore, best on best. And DJ Moore got his, you know, his victories. And, and obviously Kenny had a few of his as well. But DJ is legit to me. I think that he's a true wide receiver one, what they've been missing. And I think where Anthony Richardson is, he's better off as a, start, as a starting point than where Justin Fields was. Like, Justin mm. Fields is not working with a Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, you know, potentially Jonathan Taylor if he, you know, returns to the team. You know, we'll see on that. But I think that he just has a better supporting cast than what Justin Fields has had. And so Justin Fields is kind of like trying to develop but also catch up because he, you know, for example, he wasn't even getting all of the first-team reps when he was coming in as a rookie, you know, where Anthony Richardson is. So I think that Justin Fields has made a lot of strides in the right direction, and they finally added – the pieces around him. Because even, like, you know, uh, Mooney, I think, is a good wide receiver, just not a wide receiver one. So putting him, you know, at that two or three position is really good for that offense. And I think that Justin Fields um, has a chance to prove a lot of people wrong as long as he doesn't hang on to the ball. Like, make quick decisions, get it out, and um, let it just fall where they may. Yeah, that's something that they're most certainly working on, uh, not only in training camp, but, you know, they saw it in week one of the preseason where – Justin Fields, everyone kept talking about the DJ Moore pass, right? Regardless of whether they were talking about that it was too short or that DJ Moore is a bona fide number one, we got to see it firsthand. But to me, the more impressive throw was the one to Khalil Herbert where mm-hmm. Justin was rolling out. And last year, 10 out of 10 times, he's taking that ball and running for the first down. But it was just cool to see him be like, hey, you know what? You could pay a lot. You know, you could pay money to run this ball too. Here, catch this. And go take it to the house, and that's exactly what he did because that's what we are we are trying the space that we're trying to get Justin Fields in, right? Take the easy passes, take your little second and eights, your third and sixes, because it's much better than you you know facing an injury for running or getting sacked or whatever the case might be. But it's something that most we're most certainly uh, paying attention to here in Chicago. Again, talking to James Boyd from the Athletic here on six seventy, the score. I am Gabe Ramirez. You touched on some of the players, some of the offensive weapons for the Colts. And a guy like Pierce, he was somebody that I actually drafted in my fantasy leagues last year. I thought I had a steal. And there were moments where you saw him, you know, being able to to come through. Um, but but now you have a rookie quarterback. It's not the gunslinging Matt Ryan. Uh, when, I'm not sure if you play fantasy or not, James. Uh, but when you look at the offensive weapons on the Colts, who do you think uh, are going to be some standout guys? I think fantasy-wise, one of the guys has to be Michael Pittman Jr. just because he's their top wideout. He's someone I think is going to get the ball a lot. I would say my sleeper fantasy pick, Just I'm going to say this for everyone listening, I'll exclude Jonathan Taylor because I have no idea what's really going on or if he's going to be back anytime soon. So assuming that he isn't like available and healthy or whatever, I think that Michael Pittman Jr. is probably the first guy for me. And then – Josh Downs is like a sleeper for me as far as wide receivers mm. because I think him being that shifty slot, you know, kind of water bug receiver is what they've needed. And I think that he's kind of going to be like that safety valve for Anthony Richardson on those third and five, third and four, third and six, where he can just shake free. And he's a guy who's supremely confident. And he's probably the one Colts rookie, maybe on both sides of the ball, where I'm just not too concerned about his transition to the NFL because – he puts so much on tape at North Carolina and has put so much on tape throughout camp and throughout these games that I just think that he's going to be a, a nightmare matchup for certain guys and certain looks. So um, be on the lookout for him, and we'll see how it goes as far as the rest of the fantasy stuff shakes out. But I always say, like, I make a pick, and then the, the year unfolds, and then you know, everything goes <laughs> sideways. So I never know. I mean, JT was everybody's pick last year, right? And yeah. It, you know, it didn't work out that way. Yeah, that was a, that was a tough one, man. That, that, that one – 
I had him two years ago, so I, I, I am the kind of fantasy football player that doesn't like to have guys on my team back-to-back years because it's just so hard to duplicate, you know, a successful season. And so, you know, Taylor Taylor was that dude for me where I tried to stay steer clear from him, and then I hated seeing it, but, you know, you, you, you felt good. But, damn, before we even go, what, I mean, what – I mean, I know you just said you have no idea if he's going to return to the team and whatever's going to happen but with the state of the running backs the way that they are in the NFL right now, James, and specifically looking at Jonathan Taylor and the situation he's dealing with, I mean, I know you're employed by the Colts. You can't really go too hard. But, like, what are your just, you know, casual, you know, surf, big big picture thoughts on that whole thing? Yeah, I'm actually not employed by the Colts. Oh. So, you know, I'm with the athletics, so I can say whatever oh, I okay, want. Okay. And so I think that just being straight up, he has no leverage in the situation. Now, he is dealing with a personal matter, at least with what the team has said. So he hasn't been with them the last few days. He had been, like, gone for rehab, and he reportedly came back, and then he left again or wasn't with the team because of personal matters. So all this stuff has kind of just come up in the last month or two. But I think that he's unhappy because Jim Irsay told us we're not going to extend him. We had not even offered him an extension. And so for a guy who's less than two years removed from a first-team all-pro selection, he probably feels disrespected to not even get an offer because people keep saying, oh, they're lowballing him. No, they are literally taking the ball and saying, we're not playing. We're not giving you anything. <laughs> we're no-balling so him. I mean, exactly. And so I think that that would anger anyone in any profession to feel like you've done a lot or had a great season, and then one year later after having a down year, you're, you know, damaged goods or whatever. So um, he has requested a trade. From what I've seen throughout the public eye, you know, no and changes have been made on that front. You know, Jim Mercer said he's not going to trade him. So I read through the CBA for two days, man, and there is no way out for him unless he plays for the Colts and finishes out his rookie deal because that's the issue with him compared to a Saquon Barkley or a Josh Jacobs. He hasn't finished his rookie deal. He hasn't been franchise tech. He still has one year left. And if he tries to hold out or not play, the CBA basically says that the Colts will still retain his rights for another full season yeah. if he doesn't play this year. So it's a sticky situation for sure. That's tough stuff right there, man. Uh, but you know what? Uh, I hope he, I hope he somehow, some way gets to stick it to the Colts at the end of this one, James. Uh, before I let you go, you know, talk to me about being a journalist from the Chicagoland area, but not necessarily working in Chicago. Like, talk to me about, you know, where you're at in your journey you know, how you feel about where you're at and, and just, yeah, just the overall experience, man. I'm curious. Yeah, absolutely grateful for the journey. I graduated from the University of Illinois. Obviously, I grew up in Romeoville, Illinois. And I made my Twitter name as like a troll joke when I was in high school or in college because everyone from where I'm from, the suburbs, says they're from Chicago to make, to make them sound tougher or, you know, uh, harder <laughs> or whatever. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with the white picket fence and the good suburban life. So I made my name Romeoville kid instead of like Chicago kid or something. And it kind of just stuck since then. And I got my first job working as a high school sports reporter in Northwest Indiana, you know, in Gary and Hammond, East Chicago, and then kind of just worked my way further down into the state of uh, Indiana, further down to the state capital now here in Indianapolis. So I covered the Pacers for a year. Going to my second year on the Colts beat, and I'm loving it. It is weird, you know, not being, you know, at home and doing it, you know, in the Chicago area. That's always, I guess, the dream. But dreams change, and I love Indianapolis. It's been great to me. And if I stayed here, you know, for a long time, I would not mind it one bit because they've been great to me. But it is, uh, you know, nostalgic, I'll say, when I get to go to the United Center or I get to go to, to hopefully one day, um, you know, Soldier Field and cover a game or even a new, you know, arena or stay in their building out there. So um, it's coming, but it's definitely – 
fun, and I wouldn't be here without, you know, just growing up where I grew up, the people that believed in me. That's true, man. And I got to say, I, again, I, I love the grind. I've, I read some of your articles, you know, just great stuff, man. I think you're extremely intelligent, uh, very good with the wordplay, and I just I hope nothing for the best for you, and I, and I look forward to just having a continued relationship with you as you continue to grow, James. Yes, sir, man. Whenever you need me, I got you. Like I said, I have actually been like co-hosting one of our radio shows out here. So finding those radio guests sometimes is stressful. So, you know, show your producer some love for me. I will. I will. And then uh, when you come back this way, you know, we got to link up. I I won't take my ass to Romeoville, but if you're in if you're in the city, I got you. We can link up for sure. I got you. Fun fact, when I come home, I go to Romeoville to see my family, and I'm in Chicago the rest of the time to see Matt, everybody else. Matt, I'll, see you the, I'll, I'll see you in the West Loop. First drink's on me. I got you. I got you there. Right. Hey, James, have Sounds a good, good one. Man. James Boyd from The Athletic hanging out with us here on 670 The Score. Uh, great follow on Twitter as well. Just make sure you guys uh, check him out. Show him some love, man. He's in Indianapolis. Uh, but, of course, he is a Chicago guy, the Romeoville Kid, make sure you follow him on Twitter. All right. Uh, we are going to play that Marcus Stroman audio on the other side. Want to play that for you guys. And then we have Twitter time at the bottom half of the hour. Get you guys some entertainment, man. Perk this thing up. Like if you're in your car heading to the club or a bar and you got your girl in the car or your man in the car and you're listening to the score, I want to make it fun for the both of you, not just for one of you that's in there. All right. Uh, more Cubs talk on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. It is Gabe Ramirez. Got about a half hour left. Let's see here. I want to make sure I do all the housekeeping that has to happen on the show today. For example, got one for you. The BMW Championship through the weekend is being hosted at Olympia Fields Country Club. See what I did there? Pop out right there. 830 air check. Easy. Here's another free. But cut out the middle parts. You know, make it flow better. Olympia Fields Country Club. And then don't forget, the NFL preseason is underway, and we got you covered here. Latest updates on the Bears is there in Indianapolis. All you got to do is download the Odyssey app, search for 670 to score, and then you just tap follow like you would do anything else on any other social media channel. They'll send you alerts. Like when Mark Grody and I are going live, there's a function called Go Live on the Odyssey app. Literally, like 
Grody, I, like on my way home today, I could just pull up the app, be like, boom, we're going live. I want to talk to Grody some more about the Bears. And then you'll get an alert. And instead of having to put your kids to bed, you could just put on the app. Instead of playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star when you're putting Lisa down and reading her book, you could just play Grody and I in the background. Just download that. And if you can't get enough Bears coverage here on the score or on the app, the Take the North podcast. David Haw, Dan Weederer, they got the biggest news, storylines, everything you need from the preseason. Follow the Take follow Take the North on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And let's be very clear. It's one thing to listen to me talk from 6 to 9 o'clock about the Bears because I'm too much of a fan. David Haw and Dan Weederer, like, you'll be smarter by the time that thing finishes. So make sure you guys check that out as well. All right. I want to play some audio from Marcus Stroman. He had his press conference talking about his rib injury and everything that he thought about it. But the first question that everybody asked him was simply, how's he feeling? How are you feeling? I feel okay. I mean, not slow and comfortable more than anything. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating and bothered by it all. So just trying to figure this out as far as the next best steps and kind of just get on the plan. Yeah, I mean, it's feeling all right. He just sounds so down. All season long, we've been seeing a Marcus Stroman that has been jovial, that has been excited to be a member of the Chicago Cubs. And the tone just isn't there. They asked him how it exactly happened, and this was his answer. Was it like a one-pitch type of potential injury or cumulative? Like I said, I I, I don't know. It's kind of a question mark. It's just, yeah, I felt... Like I said, it felt like it was hard to breathe once I cooled down. I, I thought it was in my diaphragm, so I'm kind of still going from there. The pitch didn't really under, like, they, they seem pretty confused about it. They don't, you don't see this normally with pitching, right? So I don't, you. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have an answer, man. Like, like I said, I, I went to the ER, was there for three hours, ruled out appendicitis, gallbladder. I woke up, I got an MRI, and now I'm here. So I don't have any, I don't have any answers as far as how I got it. Like I said, I threw, felt a little bit of a crampy feeling, but nothing crazy. And then once I cooled down, like I said, it was really difficult and hard to breathe. It's Marcus Stroman talking here. I'm trying to think. Again, right, it's the tone. Like, why would you have that tone? When you're paying attention to people's talking, people's words and what they're saying, like, you have to find the deviation from the norm. And you can't then pinpoint that as a lie or, you know, I hate, you just can't do that's the number one rule they teach you when you're reading any book about nonverbals. It's like rule number one, do not ever jump to a conclusion. Even if you feel like you know what the answer is, you you just, because it's their words versus your interpretation. And even though you might be right, they can still just be like, no, you're wrong. Trust me. I know I've tried to use it in many arguments with my wife and she'll just be like, no, that's not right. You're wrong. And I'm like, but but you got an attitude and I see how you're talking to me. I know this is right. No, you're wrong. So I'm curious why he's why he's like that. And I, you know, I I I I came up with a couple of different scenarios. One of them now that I'm listening to it is like he probably just didn't want to be there. I don't want to talk to the media. Why? Let's just put out a statement. PR people, T 
team. Everybody's like, no, dude, you're Marcus Stroman on the Cubs in a playoff push in the last months of the season. You have to answer these questions. Questions like the doctors asking about the doctor's assessment of an injury. Marcus, have any of the doctors researched this to see if this has happened to other people, other uh, athletes? It's rare. It's very rare. They don't see it much in baseball or... So, yeah, just as far as how would they recommend, it's kind of a gray area, I feel. But I trust a lot of doctors that have seen the MRIs and everything, so I'm just going to obviously put trust in them and go from there. Is that the difficult part because the unknown? Yeah, yeah, but like I said, I'm... I'm someone who's okay earlier in me or younger me, but this probably would have been, probably would put me in a much darker place. But like I said, I'm someone who's had a lot of growth mentally, spiritually over the years. So hopefully, I think I'll be in a good place and, and get back as soon as I can. I mean, there he didn't sound upset. There he sounded like a sad baseball player that was injured and that couldn't make their schedule start. I feel I actually felt bad for him listening back to that one right there. My younger self, this and that, and uh, this is what I'm feeling. It's tough, man. That's exactly why I played once in a lifetime because they didn't. Nobody really knows how to deal with this injury, especially to a pitcher. Yeah, and the manner in which he got it, nobody has any idea what to do. I mean, Tyler, when you're thinking about quarterbacks that have rib injuries, the reason they can't come back the next week is because it hurts to throw. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. Duh. So, like, if a pitcher has it with the velocity of Marcus Stroman, I, somebody try to convince me that he's coming back this season. I, I'm saying it's simply because he's a gamer. And I'm like, ah, he's just, I can't imagine a scenario where he doesn't come back. But when you think about it from, like, reality, a rib, dis, rib discomfort, there's no cast you can put on the rib. Can't go in your body and put on a cast. That is literally has to heal on its own. You have to be Wolverine in the flesh and heal yourself. So we get to see it. And it was funny because Bruce Levine actually, I, I felt bad. I, and I know Stroman was being defensive. Right, rightfully so, because w- the way he answered this question kind of gave you his mindset when answering it. But Bruce <laughs> kind of was more so just trying to give Stroman the opportunity to shut down some of the naysayers and he did as far as the type of competitor you've always been to hear speculation out there at all that you know why isn't he coming back it's usually pretty unfair with an athlete who has a track record right i mean I'm why sure isn't he coming back i have a fracture in my yeah, no, i understand <laughs> i mean i understand you've been injured but i bounced back quick i came back from a fully torn acl in five months I'm a workhorse. I'm not right. someone who's been out there. On the, I'm, I'm someone who throws and has full years. So I don't have to. My history and my career speak for themselves. And rightfully so. He continued to talk about how he returned from an ACL injury in five months. His passion in which he spoke. That's where you look. That's where you listen to rate of speech. How many words are you spitting out? At what rate are you doing it? If you're quick like that and you're hyped up there's there's believability there uh when you when he's talking about that stuff but you know what is a best case scenario for for um for Marcus Stroman in this particular situation they asked him that as well 
But any best case scenario in your mind, anything like that? You, I don't have. Yeah. I don't have Just anything. Doctors don't either, so it's it's yeah, it's day by day. There's no treatment that you're going through or anything like that. It's just purely rest. Yeah, it's rest. I'm doing some modalities here and there, ice. But like I said, it's it's hard to sleep. It's hard to sit for long periods of time, and it's hard to breathe at times when I'm sitting. So I'm just taking it day by day, honestly. It's tough. That's gonna suck, man. You're in the middle of a impressive year, a contract year, kind of. You still have a guaranteed contract if you choose to opt in. We all know this. But you have the opportunity to just, you know, snowball this good season into like a billion dollars. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what was what he was on his way to 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 doing. So I'm sure nobody's more frustrated than he is. Um, but Strowman continued to talk about um, his issues, his return, and, and, and answer the line of questioning. Can you explain what happened to cause the injury? I, threw, I was thrown on Sunday in Toronto, and I felt just like a little crampy feeling, nothing crazy. Threw my bullpen, got done with all my work, and then like after I cooled down, just, it was kind of like hard to breathe, like kind of in like my diaphragm, like rib area. So I went through some things with the trainers. Then it became, they thought it was my appendix or my gallbladder. So then it was, I had to get on the phone. It was a question whether to fly or not. Ended up being okay to fly. But once I landed in Chicago, I went right to the ER. Just kind of ruled out appendicitis and my gallbladder. Ruled that out. Woke up the next morning, went to get an MRI. And yeah, just revealed that I had a fracture in my rib cartilage. So I'm still trying to process it, honestly. So what does it mean for the Cubs then? What does it mean that the ace that is essentially along with Justin Steele, been carrying this team uh, for the 2023 season. What's Marcus Stroman's outlook on the Cubs in the present? Marcus, as far as the team's point of view, just, I mean, the team's been through a lot of different ups and downs this year. From what you've seen, uh, how much faith do you have that this is just another obstacle they'll be able to... Oh, man, I'm the biggest believer of this team. So you guys have heard how I've talked about this team since spring training. Nothing has, nothing has changed, so... Yeah, I think we're right in the thick of it. You see how we're playing. I truly believe we could win the division. And, I mean, once you're in the playoffs, it's it's anyone's game. So, no one's that's a bigger believer in the Cubs than, than me. Yeah, that's, I love hearing that. I love hearing that from Marcus Stroman. No one's a bigger believer in the Cubs than me. Love that. Except for Tyler, maybe Sean Sears. Sean Sears might be the biggest believer, and then, then it's Marcus Stroman. I want the Cubs to make the playoffs. What does it look like right now? Let's take a look. Let's take a little look-see. So, Cubs are a game out of the wild card. Game behind Cincinnati. I mean... Cincinnati beat Toronto? Cincinnati is playing... And... Where is that? Is it already finished? Are you telling me that? Or are you asking me that? I was asking because you said a game back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they beat Toronto one nothing. Darn. They're a game back behind uh, Cincinnati now for the last playoff spot, the last wild card spot. Excuse me. And when you're looking at who else is there, I mean, they're two games behind San Fran and three games behind Philly. 
I would also say go Dodgers again because they're playing the Marlins, who are, is another team that's in that neck-and-neck neck race yeah. between the Reds and the Cubs. They are a half game up on the Cubs um, in that space, but that's why you got to be greedy. You know, if there's one thing that stuck with me from Mark Grody and all of our conversations, he talks about it that it's okay to be greedy, whether you are a fan or whether you are a player. And I think in this situation, when we're talking about the playoffs and how the Cubs can get in there, let's be greedy. Let's say division winner. I don't even want, I don't even want to have conversations about a, a wild card. Why? Too many teams to leapfrog. Let's just be focused on one. The Milwaukee Brewers tied up with the Texas Rangers right now, 3-3. That's going to be a game most Cubs fans. And Milwaukee was up 3-0 in that game in the third, and then the Rangers came back and put up three in the fourth. So people are going to be watching that one closely. They just got swept by the Dodgers. I'm sure they have a chip on their shoulder as well. Um, Brandon Woodruff's on the mound today for the for the Brewers, so keep an eye on that. Starting pitcher for the Texas Rangers already left the game. Only pitched three and two-thirds. That's not a good sign. If you're a Cubs fan, that is. So, again, things that we'll be keeping an eye on. Cubs play tomorrow against the Royals, 120. First pitch can be heard right here on 670, the score. The home of the Cubs and the Xfinity radio network. Make sure you guys are checking that out here. Uh, I really hope the Cubs win tomorrow. I just don't want to come on the radio on Monday. I'm filling in for Speaks or for Danny Parkins on Monday. So I'm doing two to five. Last thing I want to do is come on show on Monday and the Cubs lose two out of three. To, to do a show with Spiegel, like of all people, it's going to be a little cry fest. It's all right. I'll get through it together, Will. All right, it's Twitter time on the other side. Let's lighten things up a little bit. Have a little fun. What's going on in the world of pop culture and sports? Twitter time's next. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Well, what do you know? I got an admirer. You spend so much time on Twitter, you're not enjoying the better things in life. All those idiots on Twitter. It's Twitter time with Gabe Ramirez. I only know, want to know one thing. Can you cuss on Twitter? I give a rat's ass about Twitter. To be brutally honest, I'm not a Twitter guy. Let's scroll through some tweets. Chirp, uh, chirp. Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Time for Twitter time. And this is where we marry pop culture and sports. And an entertaining segment to wrap up the show. You might learn something today. All right. Let's get this thing started, man. Let's go ahead and get this thing started. Chirp, chirp. First up, this is from Chicago underscore NFL. It says, here's a video of number one pick Connor Bedard working on his craft. And I think back to Kane. When you saw Kane play, even though he looked unassuming, when you saw him on the ice with the puck and like it was amazing to watch. It was it was it was like Bruce Lee says, be like water. <laughs> That's exactly what he was. He was amazing. And Connor Bedard in this video looks just like that. Um, and the Blackhawks were trending because Jonathan Taves got on the ice for the first time in a long time. Went out to visit Marion Hosa and it was just good to see. So Blackhawks were in the news, and so I got to see the video. But Connor Bedard, that's going to be something we're watching closely uh, in the fall. So I can't wait for that. Chirp, uh, chirp. Uh, this from John Ewing on Twitter, at John Ewing. All he tweeted out was Zion plus 4,000 to win the NBA MVP. 
if you look at this picture of Zion Williamson, he looks like he's in the WWE. Like, when when Hulk Hogan used to be like, don't let these 24-inch pythons run wild. Don't, like, this, like if you go Google Zion Williamson. Not even, just put it into Twitter. And it's, it, it's ridiculous. Because, remember, Zion Williamson was 19 when he went into the NBA. 19. So he's a, gr- a little bit more of a grown man. And when you start to see him put on the grown man weight, grown man muscles, even just looks like a grown-ass man, uh, it, it is scary. I would not want to be in the uh, in the lane when he's coming in for a dunk. Chirp, uh, chirp. All right, next up, Twitter time right here on 670 Score. Gabe Ramirez, this is from MLB Metrics, at MLB Metrics. Lance Lynn had a 6.47 ERA with the White Sox before he was traded. Since joining the White Sox. Seven innings pitched, three earned runs. Six innings pitched, one earned run. Five innings pitched, zero earned runs. Seven innings pitched, zero earned runs for a 1.44 ERA in his first four start with the Dodgers. I mean, the biggest knock on Lance Lynn was that he was inconsistent. That looks pretty consistent, how those four starts. But, you know, sometimes uh, when you're happy and you want to be somewhere, you just play a little bit better. This from Bengals Graphics, and it's about Madden 24. Have you played it yet? Nah, you're not a Madden guy? I haven't bought the last couple of versions just because I'm not a fan of the new physics. Welcome to your your 20s because that's what happens. That's when the Madden thing kind of falls off after that. Rude awakening. Yeah, because you just, you know, you played in high school, you played in college, then you become an adult, you don't have as much time, and then you're like, "Ah, I'm not going to buy that every year like I used to. My mom's not buying it for me anymore. This sucks. But apparently the touchdown celebrations are epic. And this year they added some new ones. So something to keep an eye on if you if you are playing Madden. Chirp, uh, chirp. This from NFL Rookie Watch on Twitter. It says, Bijan Robinson was a human highlight reel in his first preseason game. Robinson ended the night with four carries for 20 yards and a reception for six yards. And he did all of that in just one drive. Robinson, still currently listed as the Falcons' RB3 on their most recent depth chart, will not be there for long. Bijan Robinson's highlight. The best thing about Bijan Robinson is there's people in that I love fantasy football. So there are people that think they know how good he is, and they're like, oh, I'm going to steal him in the second and third round. But anyone that watched Bijan Robinson play in college last year, like understands that he is going to be a feature back that's going to get a ton of carries. I think depending on the how many players you have in the league, he's either going to be like, if you have twelve to fourteen, he's a late first round pick. If you have a like an eight person league, he's not getting out of the first round. Right. No. He's going to be like between like six, seven, eight. Yeah. In most leagues, well, because you're going to want to lock up that running back position early. First couple are going to be taken. I always take running back in the first round. And you want young legs. That's how you get good running back. Young legs. Who's going to be fed the rock? Desmond Ritter, sorry, don't believe in him. A lot of dump-offs to B.J. B. John Robinson. A lot of handoffs to him, so that would be a good one. All right, a couple more. Chirp, chirp. This from Cubby Bellinger. How funny is this? He said, uh, David Ross will cost the team a playoff berth. That's harsh. Because I've lost count of how many times he started a player. Wisdom, Mancini, etc. Sometimes even out of position just to pinch hit for them late in crunch time. Just don't start them in, in the first place. Be serious. I mean... I get it. I get what you're saying. And it's easy to try to find something to pinpoint. But again, solutions, not problems. Don't tell me why Rossi is bad. Tell me what you would do 
uh, as a result of it. All right, last sure, one. Sure. This from Pop Crave, Michael Sarah, you know, from Super Bad and the kind of nerdy looking dude. Well, he's in Barbie, the new movie. And he says that he almost lost out on the role thanks to his manager. He's quoted as saying, My manager got a call checking on my availability for it. And he called me and said, Hey, man, I got a call about this movie. It's the Barbie movie. Greta Gerwig's directing it and it's filming in London for four months or something like that. So I told him you probably wouldn't want to do it because you probably don't want to go to London. And I was like, What? What do you mean? Call them back. I mean, he didn't blow it or anything, but he's like, I managed their expectations that you might not want to do it. And I was like, could you not do that? <laughs> could you not manage their expectations? Uh, see, celebrities, they deal with things just like us. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get up out of here. BetMGM tonight is up next. And I do want to thank my guests for today. James Boyd from The Athletic. Shout out to him for coming through in the, in the clutch. Andy Martinez, really great conversation about the Chicago Cubs. Mark Grody for hanging out with us in the first hour. Just just doing a phenomenal job out there covering the Bears. I've heard Grody on the radio for years. I think this is his best year. Just from what I've seen and the covers that he's giving, it's just awesome. Want to thank my producer today, Tyler Farringall. No, no clip? I thought there would be a clip. No clip? Gotta work on that, bro. Baby T, maybe say, I didn't call you Baby T. You did call me Baby T. Like, that's funny. That that's should be a clip right there. You need a drop for that. That's the drop. That's the drop. Tyler Farringall. Why do they call you Baby T? You gave him that nickname. What? I get like, that's hilarious, bro. That's great stuff right there. All right. I will be on your radios tomorrow, 9 p.m. Bears post game. And then Monday, I'll be filling in for Danny Parkins, hanging out with Matt Spiegel. All right. Mi gente, that means my people in Spanish. Hasta la próxima, that means until next time. I am Gabe Ramirez, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.